Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I was asking you to get in touch with your wedding speech disasters a few moments ago and there's lots of them coming into us here in the programme today. Brian in Cork has texted in and he says, I adore a wedding speech, but when they go wrong, they go so, so wrong. They're painful and it's all anybody talks about afterwards. They can actually make or break a wedding. I'm with you, Brian. I totally agree with you on that. Elaine in Tipperary says, I didn't make a speech at my wedding because I was actually too nervous and I've always regretted it. Keep the uh, the text coming into us today. The best and worst wedding speeches. What makes a good wedding speech, in your opinion? 53106 is the number if you want to join us in the programme. Cormac Lally is a poet, an artist, um, but for the last 10 years he's actually been working as a wedding speech writer. And he's with us on the programme today. Cormac, good afternoon. Hello, Andrea. Listen, we've loads of stories coming in from people, guests at weddings, even some brides as well, too, uh, not happy. But what's the worst mistake, in your opinion, that people make when writing a wedding speech? Is uh, not preparing anything and not knowing when to shut up. They're probably the, the two worst things people could probably do. Just too long? Just too long and fellas who dig themselves into a hole and can't get out of it and stories that don't go anywhere these are all these are just nightmare nightmare yeah. scenarios and you just see people literally dying you see them dying in their chairs at the at the table i know and it is it's awful and there's no need for it so how did you tell me a little bit about your your experience in wedding speech writing cormac how did this come about so my baby brother ronan was getting married in 2012 and my Next youngest brother, Emmett, was the best man and he arrived out to my house with uh, a few of my favourite beers and we sat down and just started to get a few stories. And I said to him, that I, I had always written a lot of poetry and and short stories and mm. stuff. And I said to him, you know, Emmett, you know, there could be a poem in this. Would you do a poem? And he was like, I would basically do anything now just to have something and, and just to have it done. Yeah. And so we got a draft of a poem and then we started to polish it off and when we had a draft finished I started coaching him on the delivery of it and we didn't tell anyone what we were doing my mother was terrified about what was going to be said about, <laughs> about, my, about my brother and he was the good brother and, uh, and uh, we didn't tell anyone and my brother got up and he did a short introduction and then he launched into the poem and we got a, he got a, a standing ovation for nearly two minutes the people on their feet Fantastic. and uh, and a chap came up to me then at the bar about an hour after that. And he said to me, he said, listen, did you honestly write that? And I said, I did. He said, well, my brother's getting married in two weeks. Would you please do something like that for me? And that's, it kind of just took off from there. And a friend of mine then, Lockie in, in dotser.ie, he built me a website. And it just, it really just started to take off. It took off slowly. And from there, it just word of mouth was the main thing. And, and just from there, that's what I've been at for the last 10 years. Right. How many speeches do you reckon you've penned at weddings then, Cormac, at this stage? Oh, I'd say a thousand, I'd say. So there's all I'd these best men and, you know, grooms going around and fathers of the bride. And it's actually you. <laughs> that well, I'd say, many well, well, I'd say like, we have, I think, about, I think about 10 to 15,000 weddings a year in Ireland. And I take about 100 of them off people's hands yeah. so there's a lot of people there's a lot of people out there who are who are not and who are you know 
who are not looking for help. And that's the worrying thing. I know. Is that, is that, <laughs> you know, so, so, such a small percentage is... Um, getting help. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's great for the guys who get the help, like, but for, for the other... Uh, 15,000 people who don't, you know, it's, um, it, it yeah. can be absolutely pa- painful. Is it, know? do you think it's more about the delivery or the content of the speech? I'd, I'd say it's both. If you, a guy with weak content can, if he has good delivery skills, can give yeah. it. A guy who has, a guy who has a good content with bad delivery skills, it can just seem like uh, a trip to the dentist, you know. I know. And it's, it, it's a, it's just preparation, Andrea. Is really it really is sit down, get your stories, plot it out, uh, know what to say, and try and find out not what not to say. And you know, a wedding speech. It, you don't have to be hilariously funny. The people who are naturally hilariously funny are in the one percent of people in the world. And uh, if you are genuine and if you are honest, uh, that will resonate. Far, far more mm. with 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 people who uh, are just trying trying to be funny and are not. That's the worst. There's nothing worse, uh, Cormac, than the the jokes that just don't land um, in front of two hundred and fifty. Oh, yeah. Or a yeah. hundred odd people, or the groomsman that wants to share the story about his best friend before he met the bride, and wants to tell the yeah. story about that time they went in the J one to Vegas, and the whole table is just starting to put the head into the hands, and please somebody hit him a kick yeah. and tell him to stop talking. It's stop like, like yeah, it's like they just don't. It's like it's never practiced in front of other people. It, it, it is, and 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 I tell you, ninety nine percent out of a hundred, they don't. They will just go, Asher, that'll be fine. I'll write it there in the morning of it. Sure, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be grand. Sure, no. My cousin did it and it was brilliant. Don't do that. Just, just, just do it for the sake of everyone. You know, and Irish people really do think they are funny. You know, <laughs> but like, it, it, do you know what I mean? They, they honestly do. Like, and yeah. like, but unless you've ever been, you know, a stand-up person or how are in the entertainment industry, the chances are you're not. And oftentimes the people with the most confidence are the last people you want to do this because they are the people who will just go, oh yeah, I'll find, I'll wing it. And 20 minutes later, everyone is just there dying. Mm. Mothers, are cr- mothers are crying and they're just, and they're still not even halfway through yet. And if you can't say what needs to be said in less than 10 minutes, then, then give the job to someone else. Yeah, and 10 minutes, you know, people think 10 minutes is an awful long time and they write a huge amount of text and content, but actually 10 minutes isn't that, it's really not that long in uh, no, in not. talk terms. So you really don't need all that much content. There's text coming in, Cormac, I'm going to come to some of the stories now. I mean, some of these stories are just, they're horrendous. Um, but there's a text in here from a listener who says, I'm actually best man at a wedding this coming Saturday. I was planning to to just write the speech the night before, uh, hoping it would come to me and I work better under pressure. Listening to Cormac here today and I'm now getting a bit worried. I mean, what is your advice, Cormac, to people who want to do it themselves? You know, is it, like, what would you say to people? Uh, give it as much time as possible. Uh, engagements and weddings don't just fall out of the sky. These normally happen uh, two years, three years, five years in advance. Best men are picked two, three years in advance. So there's no excuse for a fella uh, up sweating the night before, halfway through a bottle of cognac, uh, trying to uh, trying to, to scribble his thoughts down on paper. Do it in advance. 
read the speech to someone. Uh, you know, read the speech to the lads if you think you're if you're unsure of it. Like, like don't go uh, headlong into this thing uh, thinking that you're Winston Churchill, and because the you're it's just it's just you're just going to doom yourself. Yeah, it's it has doom all over it from the start. I am. Um, would you say? Do you need like how many stories do you think you need to build into the uh, script, into the speech, Cormac? I think a couple from childhood. Especially, there's a kind of, um, you can kind of get away with stuff as a child that you, if you did it when you were 18, people would just go like, he's 18 years of age. But like, it, I mean, if, like, if you were averse to wearing trousers as a three year, when you were three and you used to streak through the neighborhood, that's a cute story when you're three. Yeah. If you, if you do it when you're 22... Yeah, not so funny. It's not, it, it, it might be funny at the time, but when you wake up the next morning, you go, Jesus, I hope nobody saw me do that. So I would always say, a co- stuff for, for your childhood. So you have to give a little bit of stuff about the childhood. Give a, little, a couple of little bits about, about the teenage years and don't be cracky you would have got up to as a teenager. Uh, with, and something that's not going to implicate anyone in any major crimes. And a bit about college... And then a, a bit about when he uh, about the groom and when he meets his partner. And they say the best man, his first time meeting her and how and their relationship together, how they get how how they got on, and and you you you, ha- you have to speak about her. You have to speak about the positive influences and things like that that yeah. um, that is that his bride has had on him, you know, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. Okay. And and I think that if 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 you are if you just Speak truthfully and genuinely. Humor might humor might make its way through it, but people are genuinely mm. looking for the truth. They just want something that's going to resonate with them. Okay. They want some. They want something that's going to be genuine. Stay with us, Cormac. Um, quite a number of attacks coming into us here now from people sharing their stories. This listener sent in an email though to say, "I think I experienced the worst best man speech of all time." The speech was made up of a series of video clips where women were mentioning the groom's name and saying how much they enjoyed his company on various occasions. The very last clip was a woman with a small child and the clip was basically insinuating that the groom was the father of the child. It was utterly mortifying for the entire room and the only one to seem the only one who seemed to find it funny was the best man who was presenting the speech. It was very insulting and degrading to the groom and his family right beside him. People got up and walked out to the toilet and to the bar during the speech. It was that bad. People were looking down at their dinner and not laughing at all. I still think back with horror and mortification and I was a guest at the wedding. 53106, keep your wedding disaster speech stories coming into us. Jason is with us on the line because, Jason, you've actually been called up to write a number of poems for people. How did this come about? Yeah, Andrea, uh, I suppose it all kind of started when I was in college. You know yourself on Facebook and that when it was people's birthdays. And I just used to start writing silly poems for people for the crack on Facebook and that. And then my friend Michael was getting married in 2014 to the lovely Heather. And uh, he asked me to do one for his wedding. And uh, I'd done that. And I actually read it out the day after the wedding because uh, Michael was just very uh, military style with his speeches but I read yeah. it out the day after in a much more relaxed set and then it went down a treat and then it kind of just took off from there like people heard that I'd done a poem at Michael's wedding and then my friend Stephanie got married the year after that in Galway and I'd done one at hers and then my friend Alice got married to, to Ross the year after that I think again and then it kind of snowballed and I've ended up doing about 10 of them like so 
I've got to kind of sit them now, but um, <laughs> it kind of back it backfired on me and when my sister got married to to Jared in 2018, I think it was. Sorry, Donna, if you're listening. But uh, I was I was all set at the poem all written in the morning. I was in the front room of the house at home in Killy Beggs, and it had all written. I was delighted with myself. And next thing, my dad walks into the room and he goes, "I suppose you better do this speech for me as well while you're at it." So I had to bloody put houses together then. After that, like, but um, I've got a good structure now of kind of, uh, you know, of, I kind of I hang them out to dry, basically the groom and the bride. But then I right. do spend a bit of nice stuff of nice stuff of it the bride near the end, and then finish on a high note. But uh, I was groomsman for me, my great friend Brendan there at uh, at Easter time in Italy, and he was marrying Sinead, and um, Brendan had somehow managed. Brendan's a big softy. But he held it together the whole way through all the other speeches and I was up at the end to read the poem and I was I sat back down and my fiance Ava goes, Look at him and I looked up and he was absolutely bawling crying. He just lost it. And um I hung the father of the bride out to dry that day as well because Sinead had a pet cow called Ginger Nut and she thought Ginger Nut was sent off to live in another lovely farm whereas he'd really gone to the slaughterhouse and uh, I broke the news to her in the middle of the poem. Uh, so that was quite funny. And then it was, uh, I'd done another one for me, mate Ronan. Uh, he married uh, the lovely Laura there in June. And Ronan was on Take Me Out about 10 years ago. And right. he was probably sweating the whole week in the lead up, thinking, is he going to put this in? Is he going to put this in? And uh, of course I put it in. I went to town on him on it, and you could just see the fear in his eyes. But uh, <laughs> he, he still gave me a hug at the end of it, like so. There's still a yeah, friendship. There's, there's a good crash. Yeah, there's, there's, still, there's still a yeah, friendship. No is is the poem like is right is is writing a poem not a lot harder than a speech? I find it quite easy. I, I think it just comes naturally to me. Um, I just do find it quite easy. Like, um, and there's a couple of times I've been very nervous. I remember we, particularly when Alice and Ross got married, and when Paddy and me met Paddy McGill and Claire um, Murta got married as well for those two weddings. There was a lot of my good friends in the room and. People knew I was doing the poem, and there was a lot of build-up people saying it to me in the church. Oh, I was scratching the poem and all that there. And when I got up to the top table, I was absolutely shaking like a leaf, and I just had to put the page down on the table or sit down. My arm just was just shaking like yeah. a leaf, but managed to get through it anyway. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a bit more, a lot more comfortable with it now. Like I think I'm doing wedding number ten now at Christmas when Katrina and Kieran, two good friends of mine, get married as well. So I just kind of stick to close family and friends. People and just ask it. me to do them, and I just do them. Yeah. Like, yeah so. That's the. That, I was going to say you should start charging for them, but maybe you can throw them in as the the wedding present. Then, uh, then so if <laughs> the, the ho- <laughs> yeah. uh, you wouldn't get away with that either. But uh, my friend Connor in Cabin's been best man at a couple of weddings, and he has read out poems and taken complete credit for them. Whereas uh, it's really been <laughs> me writing them. So, but hang him, hang him out to dry here while I'm on air as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why, why not? Colin is texting. He says, "I'm in. I'm a wedding photographer, and I've heard it all. From my perspective, I can overhear people at the table saying how bad they often are." Um, Mary and Donegal says, Spe- "Speeches should be just totally done away with. Far too much pressure for everybody involved, and it ruins. It can completely ruin the lead up uh, to the day for so many involved in the bridal party." Waitly here, Dara and Galway though. Regarding the best and worst wedding speech opening I've heard of, the best man welcomed guests to a wedding of divorcees by saying you're welcome back. Five three one zero six is the number if you want to get in contact. Uh, Kenneth is on the line though in Cork. What's your, what's the advice that you were given? I was asked to do best man for my uh, my cousin, and my you know deceased uncle said to me, "Just keep it short." And if you keep it short, they love you because even if you make if you bomb. They still can get back to the points of the dinner. 
So that's what I did. I kept a chart. That's yours. Um, I kept the day before, or the night before the wedding, we all had a few informal points and uh, all the friends, all his friends were asking me how long was the speech going to be. So I worked out that they all had um, a bet on, they're all at the one table. And I found out after, 20 quid a man, there's 12 of them at the table. So work out the possible there, right? But one of the friends that didn't ask me how, how long it was, I told them, put down four minutes. So the day of the wedding, I practiced, practiced it with my aunt and we had it down for two minutes and 47 seconds. And would you, what was the reaction you got from people, Ken? They were delighted. Yeah. And the thing about it was, my cousin and myself both work in Irish Rail. So everybody knows that. And there was some problem with a delay. I think a delay to the dinner or something like that. And I just put in one liner. I'd like to apologise for any inconvenience caused and to what they were laughing. <laughs> got them laughing. I thanked everybody. Yeah, and that was it. That's and it. I raised the glasses to the bride and groom. And it's short and sweet. Yeah. And then... His mate in there actually pocketed 240 euro. <laughs> Happy days. I know that was Cormac's advice to people. Is you can, you can, the speech can never be short enough and uh, maybe more people need to, to follow your lead too, Ken. Listen, thanks a million for getting in touch with us. There's loads more of these stories starting to come in now. Uh, Cahill has texted in. He says, I was at my cousin's wedding. The maid of honour asked loads of people to proofread her speech and everyone said it was grand. But when she got up to say it, her last line read, at the end of the day, life is a roller coaster." There'll be ups and downs and all arounds. But at the end of the day, you'll always enjoy the ride. The whole place erupted in laughter, much to her embarrassment, says Carl. 53106, keep those messages coming into us. We are going to continue your wedding speech disasters on the programme. We'll also be talking to more of you heading to Garth Brooks with No Support Act this weekend. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.